On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about new by conversion time reporting in Google Ads. We said goodbye to an old Google display format, whatever it's called. Chep made up a new segment called Marketing News from the Today Show. And Greg life hacked our podcast so that Taylor Swift and Ted Danson won't miss it. All on this week's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 25th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And this week's show is brought to you by one of our favorites, the new shirts from Search Engine Journal. They've got a slew of shirts, a fleet of shirts. Something for everyone. Something for everyone. And if you want to perform good, you have to look good. And this is the best way to do so. And I mentioned it last week, but our favorite is back. Mm -hmm. The vintage Space Invader shirt. For anybody looking at us on YouTube, I'm wearing mine. Yeah, we have a model this week. Yes, I'm actually modeling this. (laughs) feast your eyes on our YouTube channel, but my vintage is actually vintage. I have the one with the Google Plus on the back. Wow. The new ones have LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Limited edition. But it's cool. The invaders are Google algorithm updates. There's no Earth, Wind, and Fire September Core update 2019 (laughs) you're shooting at, but there's pandas, there's penguins, and there's hummingbirds. It's a great shirt. Yeah, you got to check them all out. There's also a KISS-themed Lynx Sure. So again, something for anyone. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's not for anybody. Something for any SEO out there. Yes. All right. So head on over to t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com to pick up your shirt. Get them while you can, folks. They may not be here forever. All right. And that brings us to our news this week. And first off, Google Ads has a new conversion time reporting column. Yay. I love this. This is great news. I love starting positive here. I'm going to give a quick primer in case people don't know how Google Ads had worked previously. Previously, a click would occur, and let's just say it happened today. And then somebody was that made that click, they're just poking around, window shopping, let's say. <laughs> and then 30 days later, that same person comes back and makes that sale in November. Let's say that November 1st, you ran your reports, it wouldn't show up. And then if you went along that schedule again and say you ran your November reports on December 1st, you wouldn't see that either. So there's some issues with the way that that reports, but it's nice now to see, be able to see the lag time between click and conversion. So you can now see that by setting up the proper column in Google ads. And what you want to choose is by conversion time, and that will not show you when it, the click happened. It'll show you when the actual date of the conversion was. So you can, 
it's not replacing metrics. You can have both metrics. You can look at the click that caused it and then when the conversion happened. Really cool. More information is always welcomed here at Marketing Clock. And this is something we've complained about and asked for, so it's great that they're delivering this. I love it. And I have more news from Google this week. Google is testing lead form ad extensions. This was brought to our attention here at Marketing O'Clock after it was spotted in the wild by Stephen Johns, and he shared it on his at Stephen Johns 21 Twitter handle. One of the best follows out there. Of course. So when you set these up, you will be able to add a headline, a business name, and a 200-word description, and then you can choose from different form fields that Google provides. They only have name, email, phone number, and postal code right now, so you're pretty limited. And then you can add images. You can add a header image to the form that's going to pop up in the search results. And when people see these in the search results, they're going to see a little click, a uh, little clipboard under your ad. When they click on it, the form's going to pop up and they can fill out their information right from the SERPs. You can set up different types of landing pages here. So you can either have it go to a download or your website. This is really cool and I'm excited to test it out. Yeah, and just for the record, this isn't launched to everybody. This was just a current sighting, mm -hmm. let's say. I don't have it in any of my accounts yet. I checked here, none. I think this would be cool if they could work this in as well into display also somehow. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'd imagine that's coming at some point. So more of a prospecting type deal. One of the best parts, the lead data can be delivered via webhook to your customer data management system. Great. So you could fire it right yeah. into HubSpot or whatever Wherever system you is. want it to go. So this is awesome. Did you see in the article if this was on desktop as well? I saw it on mobile in the example. I don't know if this was on desktop. I also. didn't think to check. I only saw it on mobile too. Okay. I wonder why there's so many less options for desktop extension wise with Google ads. Yeah. And how often do you fill out forms on mobile? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, this one is actually a desktop one. We'll have to ask you know, Stephen have, Johns. But this one would be fantastic if it came loaded on desktop, ready to roll. Mm -hmm. All right. And next up in our news this week, we've got some Facebook news. While Mr. Zuckerberg is taking on Washington, <laughs> a big change has happened with ads showing in search results. So that is an option is available just like advertising on stories, advertising on Instagram. More advertisers are now eligible to advertise on search results. What does this mean? Not really a whole lot. I don't, I don't really know who actually searches on Facebook for things. Do you use Marketplace? I do not. That is a great yeah, point. Yeah, that's where it's going to be cool. That is a great point, Jeff. I've been all over Marketplace lately because I'm buying a house and I need furniture and I don't want to pay for real furniture. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, hey, if you've got something that you think you can sell to shop, make sure you run a Facebook <laughs> ads campaign and then make sure that you enable yeah. the ability to show in search. So when you're in there, there's already ads in there for retailers, but now you'll be able to target keywords, right? Or no. I don't know if, if it, the keywords are for still be based off of your interest, your audience, your audience targeting that you it have. It seems like they're doing a good job as if it's keywords right now. Like Facebook's matching it up pretty well. Like I'll search bed and there's beds from Raymore and Flanagan. It's cool. Nice. And that brings us to this week's take of the week. This is a spicy hashtag digital marketing take with extra sauce served up for you. 
We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from Mark Gustafson on Twitter, at Mark P. Gus, a fantastic follow that you should follow if you're into paid. This was a little, gets a little complicated, but he's got a good take. He's got a take. <laughs> and this is in response to a PPC chat question that was hosted by Kirk Williams. The question that Kirk had asked the chat was, will creative play a role in your shopping campaigns over the 2019 holidays? If so, how? And then a few other folks got in on it. One was Julia Vise talking about the fact that 1,000% yes, the creative doesn't start at the end of the product feed. And starts talking about videos and some other things like that. And then this is where Mark comes in. All caps. I don't know how to do that. I'm not going to just yell into your eardrums here. So I'm just imagine this is all caps. And Mark says, optimize your actual product page. Exclamation, 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 exclamation. Maybe performance increases don't always come from the freaking <laughs> bid adjustments. Hashtag PPC chat. Hashtag PPC rant. And that is this week's take of the week. Fix your website. I know. Everybody says, oh, well, what, what if we add a couple of these other terms? How are our terms looking? How we don't have enough here? Maybe we're missing this. Oh, is this, let's make sure that we've got. No. If you're sending somebody to a hot trash destination, your results are going to be equal. <laughs> like, it's going to be terrible. Hottrash.com. Hottrash.com. And I love that he uses bid adjustments as an example because really, I've been thinking about this over the last week. Like, Bid adjustments are just dumb, and they like shouldn't be a thing. I Especially, disagree. Okay, how about they're only a thing one way? You can only go down because when you go up, that's just confusing. Like, you have your bid strategy, and then you're just messing it up. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I, 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 I really mean, had an I existential understand. crisis about this. Like, I think bid adjustments should only go down, and I think Google just wants to take our money. When you set bid adjustments, you you often forget you set them. Like, they're kind of hard to find. To me, I think it's crazy that some folks, every single thing is adjusted. That's where I think it's yes. crazy. You're saying you're either up, you're down. There's not Go one, one single piece of control with what you've got. You know, there's no, like we had taken over an account recently and there were bit adjustments everywhere. It, it was uh, different locations were adjusted, different time of day was adjusted. Uh, every, there was not one single thing that was just flat where you're saying, here, this time of day is what we're having is our control, and then everything else can go around that. There was not one thing that was yeah. just zero, which is just strange to me. Like, have one thing set as zero uh, or, or no adjustments, let's say, and then build off of that. You one just, thing at a time. One thing at a time. It's a lot. I agree. But anyway, this is something that people overlook greatly when looking at the results of, of what is happening. And especially when you have a client and you're doing ads for them and you have nothing to do with their site, you can only do so much if it's hottrash.com. Right. It's just how it works. Yep, you can get hottrashresults.com coming from that. Thank you, Mark. And now it's time for our lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic, a.k.a. Non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up in paid news, Google Ads has new reporting 
e-commerce cart metrics for shopping campaigns. I love it. It's like it's it's like a holiday season came early mm-hmm. for the the digital advertisers. They're gearing up for it. It does come earlier well, every this year. This is our holiday season. Mm-hmm. This is where they give us all the things so that we can spend more money during the actual holiday season. This is officially dubbed digital advertising <laughs> holiday season. Christmas comes early. And then it's over on November 1st. I don't know about that. I mean, they better not keep schlepping stuff on us. Well, that's when we're using all these things and using our new metrics and monitoring everything. So it's kind of like a whole new discovery time. But anyway, you can add columns for orders, average cart size, average order value, cost of goods sold, gross profit, and revenue to your shopping campaigns reports. And you'll also be able to look at these metrics on the product level as well. And in Report Editor, you'll also be able to see units sold, product revenue, product gross profit, and product average cost of goods sold. That's a mouthful. You'll see it all in the article in our show notes, but these are awesome. We always love when there's new column options on our reports. Next up this week, Microsoft Advertising unveiled a new and improved interface redesign, and it looks eerily similar to oh, another ads platform. Can I guess? <laughs> I bet that it looks eerily similar to Reddit ads. No. Do you have another guess? LinkedIn. Not quite. Hmm. It's Google. Oh, (laughs) weird. Changes include a new left-hand oriented navigation menu and overview pages with nice charts and tables on all of them. And this has not rolled out yet. They have only shared some images, but there is a form you can fill out to join the open beta. And if you're interested, we will have that in the article in our show notes. I don't complain when they copy Google. It just makes things easier. I agree with you. I, you I, don't have to learn I'm, both platforms. I was saying that in jest. Yeah. In, in actuality, Microsoft Advertising, a.k.a. the platform formerly known as Bing Ads, needs a little overhaul. Yeah. It, it, it could do them some good. So and I, I'm fun. looking forward to it. And I like the look of this. It looks clean. And it's funny when you read all their posts about things that are just doing what Google does and they give all the reasons for it. I and love it's like, that. you can just say... I know. We talked about this last week where Google said that, oh, we're trying to make these new meta tags so that you can control your things better. No, it's not. (laughs) You can be honest with us. So so people feel good, feel like they're able to spend money more easily because they're familiar with the platform. Yeah. Let's be honest. Can't wait for that to roll out. Next up, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are back in the news this week. Is it for something good? No. Well, Hmm. maybe. I'll keep reading. You can let me know. Last week, the Facebook CEO gave a speech to explain the company's stance on political ads all over the news. You know, not just the digital news. Everyone's talking about this. It was on the Today Show. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Greg makes fun of me for watching the Today Show. (laughs) I missed that, that episode of the Today Show. It was in between the session about like random acts of kindness and... Al's knee surgery. They talked about Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, how's he doing, Al? He's full recovery. He's going back on Broadway, actually. Wow. You'd know all about it if you watch the Today Show. I was going to say, I missed that episode of the Today Show (laughs) and every other episode. (laughs) (laughs) So he overviewed the company's stance on political ads, saying that they are not going to fact check political ads. And some people are really upset about this and want to make... Really, really, really upset about this. Yes. And it's kind of what's outraged. happening with Twitter that we talked about last week. Too. Some people are outraged about this. Yeah. So the argument is they don't want politicians to have ads that include lies or misinformation. So because of the backlash, Facebook released new measures to prevent misinformation campaigns on the platform. Here are some of the major changes. So the first one was fact checking labels on content. 
the thing here is they will not apply to political ads, like I said before, but they are introducing these for other ads and other content. So if the content is found to be false by Facebook's independent fact checkers, it can be labeled. And in addition to the labels, when you try to share a post on Facebook, Dean, to be false, you'll get a pop-up that says, you know, we found this to be false. Here's why. Right. So you can share misinformation, even if it's being dis- purposefully deceptive. You can share that. You'll get a notice, though. And then it'll have a little label. But if it's an ad that way, there will be no labeling and no repercussions for sharing that ad that contains false news. In the screenshot they showed, it's kind of like covering the whole image of this post. And it says, you know, this is false. And I'm just thinking, like, what's going to happen to the onion? Are they going to have to label everything they do as false? I think that that falls under that, you know, satire category. I don't know. I always see people sharing Onion articles and once in a while, somebody's commenting up in arms thinking that it's real. So I hope this isn't the end of them. Okay. So to to recap here, people are very upset that advertisers, political advertisers, Mm -hmm. will be able to advertise whatever they want. I agree that they should be upset about that, but I feel like they're, it's misdirected. Why would you want Facebook to be this governing body for truth? I feel like that should be maybe a law maybe if it was a law and you're like hey if you put misinformation out you are going to be ineligible for the position you're running for and then guess what you don't have to have somebody making judgment calls based off of what color they like in the election you know like (laughs) oh like oh this one looks good to me it doesn't seem false make it a law i guess it would be hard to monitor you don't want people say determining what is fake and what isn't right in my opinion like no, make it a law, and then, all right, if you think somebody broke the law, take them to court, and then you have the repercussions they get By the it. time that could be done, like, the election could be over. I don't know. It seems like too much power to give to a social media right. platform. And I'm sure there's something policing that from happening on TV or a billboard or something. Maybe you, you set up some sort of national council. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want Zuck going through and saying, these are good, this one's not get out of here. He's getting all the blame. So another thing they're adding is they are banning any ads that advise people not to vote. Great. You should vote. That's good. Wait, wait, who's wasting money on (laughs) that? I don't know. I was thinking about it. I I didn't know that there's the anti-voting council out there. Don't vote. I've never seen anything Save your time (laughs) by not going. (laughs) You'll save three minutes of your day. Like, is that what's the messaging for the anti-voting council? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like these people either. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Don't put that out there. And they're also clearly showing who owns a page by labeling state controlled pages or if the politician owns the page, they're going to label that. They're also introducing U.S. presidential candidate spend tracker. I'm excited about this. Yes. I want to like come in and check it every day. And Facebook is also launching Facebook Protect, a new process which adds an additional security layer to the accounts of elected officials, candidates, and their staff. So trying to ramp up security and prevent these misinformation campaigns from getting out there. And we have more news from Facebook. The platform is updating how it measures organic impressions for pages. Uh Uh-oh. Guessing this probably isn't going to look good. No, it's not going to look good for us. Filtering out repeat organic impressions that occur within a short amount of time. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. This new format of measurement will be similar to how they measure ad impressions, so it'll be easier for marketers to compare paid and organic impressions is what Facebook is saying. 
But if you see a drop in organic impressions in the coming weeks, this is probably why. So gird your loins. So if you're doing, if you are trying at all to build any kind of Facebook organic audience, we're just at the point. I mean, we've already been at the point you have to pay. And now it's just, now it's at the point you have to look at those metrics and you have to cry. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. We're already at the point you had to do paid. And now you have to look at those metrics and you have to shed a tear because it's going to be, it's going to be rough in there. Tears on our keyboards in the coming weeks. Ooh, that could be the name of a song. <laughs> So more social news. Snapchat is introducing dynamic ads designed specifically for e-commerce advertisers. You'll be able to sync your product catalog, select an audience, and choose a template to showcase your products visually. And because these are synced to your catalog, you don't have to worry if something goes out of stock or prices change. This is interesting, the screenshot they showed in here. I just, I'm looking at it. I think it's for sunglasses, but I just don't know. And it's not making me feel very confident in this organic I saw this and my first thought, and we'll have it in the show notes. My first thought is, I want to see what she's seeing. <laughs> I'm very interested in what this woman is looking at. I have no idea what she's selling. Could be lipstick, could be some kind Sunscreen, of skin, some skin teeth, ointments. Teeth whitening. Skin. She has beautiful teeth, teeth. She is just awestruck. A vacation. Oh, it could be a vacation. She likes what she sees. Maybe they're selling whatever she's looking at. I don't know. Oh, I'm buying. The only text on here says mineral, $380. Oh, it's got to be glasses. And this is a dynamic ad. Like, <laughs> it could be a flight somewhere to so this beach she's on. Make I, sure your feeds are descriptive. Yeah. Unlike this <laughs> ad example. I mean, feel great about these dynamic ads, but test them out and let us know. Next, Google Ads responsive display ads will replace legacy ads starting in November. Greg, that is next week. Okay. In case you didn't know. Noted. Very soon. This is something that was brought to our attention by Dwayne Brown from his at Dwayne Brown Twitter handle. He got a notification from Google saying any campaigns running legacy display ads may stop serving if there aren't other ads in the campaign. This notification says that Google has set up RDAs in the account, which we've talked about before, using the assets from existing display ads. These will not be enabled unless you choose to do so. So if your campaign only has these legacy ads, they're going to be shut off. The most confusing part of this for me, like... Preach. We we talk about this a lot, is the names. It's the worst. And if you go back historically through Mark and Clock, I know I've over-complained about it. Now it's your turn. Okay. I literally read this article and I'm like, what are these legacy ads? I've never heard them called that before. They're responsive ads, and the new ones are responsive display ads, but these are also display ads. And then there's responsive search, search ads. ads. Yeah, yeah, per- perfect. They just need to do a better job with the names. They absolutely do. The ads that are being replaced were called responsive ads, and those were display ads, and they're replaced by responsive display ads. And so that's the legacy ad that they were talking about, the responsive ads. Nothing to do with search, nothing to do with responsive display ads. And not just the general banners. That's so, what it is. Yeah. And if you're in editor, it says responsive display ads. But if you're in Google ads online, the column that says ad type just says like convert this now into a responsive display. ad. It's very confusing. So just make sure you have responsive display ads or image ads in your account. Because if not, they're going to get shut out. And next we have an article from Marketing Week. And the headline is Adidas. 
we overinvested in digital advertising. And this is the paid section, so I'm going to report on this article okay. with a, a grain of salt a bit. First off, it sounds like a bit of a humble brag. Like, hey, we're Adidas. <laughs> we just overinvested <laughs> in all of our advertising. Right? Doesn't we'll it sound just a little, rolling little, in the dough. We it, got, sounds, it sounds sort of good. Like, oh, we overinvested. <laughs> Way too much profit or something yeah. like that. But go on. So basically, they wanted to drive more online sales. And to achieve this, they invested a lot in digital. And their approach didn't work the way they thought it would. They don't really talk about pulling back from digital. They talk about shifting their focus from advertising their individual business units to more of a brand-focused strategy, which based on the article makes sense. They also say that they're using last-click attribution, which led them to overinvest in paid search. And they give this example where their Latin American market has a, quote, breakdown at Google AdWords. So whoever wrote this clearly isn't on the paid side already because they called it Google AdWords. Yeah, they have a breakdown in platform name. <laughs> so this breakdown in Google AdWords occurred and they weren't able to run paid search ads, but there was no dip in traffic or revenue. But if there was a breakdown at Google AdWords, wouldn't that mean nobody was advertising? Like, I want more details on this story. This story needs yeah. a better report. If nobody <laughs> in Latin America is advertising for Adidas keywords on Google AdWords, of course they would do better there, organically. There needs to be more information. Yeah. You can't just do a one-page article on this. It needs to be a case study. I want more information. So they're saying they're shifting some of the budget to digital, which is still to video, which is still digital. And they're saying that that didn't do well with last clicked attribution, but with their new attribution model, it'll do better. And they're also saying they're shifting to TV, outdoor, and cinema to drive e-commerce sales. Okay, I have, I have thoughts. Can, yeah. can I just go? First off, Adidas, one thing of note, you've been slipping with your products. Mm -hmm. They had a pretty nice streak for a while, and Nike caught back up. I think their stock price jumped like double in the past year don't don't quote me on that i'm not finn kramer over here but their, their shoes they had this boost technology and it kind of got surpassed by some nike react stuff maybe that could be it and the other thing is people get too caught up in some of that last touch stuff all the time so i think there's probably some pros and cons there the fact too that your product might be lacking is an issue so the article was tough fix to read. Your product pages. Fix, fix your, your product website. pages, as we learned from Mark earlier. <laughs> fix your sneakers. Fix your sneakers, as we learned from, from Finn Kramer here. <laughs> and then also, it's the fact, you look at the full funnel of this whole thing. Yeah, we don't want to just focus on this last touch attribution and, and look at it from that, that factor. So yeah, you need to get awareness, and then you need to be there when they're ready. It's both. It's not one or the other. It's you need to have a comprehensive process. And to say they're over-investing in digital, it sounds it's like inaccurate. they're just saying they're over-investing in search ads. Yeah. New of strategy course. here, uh, nothing but newspapers. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Newspapers, 2020. Of course, video could be, they should be doing so much awesome stuff with video. Of course, they're Adidas. Exactly. And finally, in paid, responsive search ads are officially live and out of beta in Google ads. Huh? <laughs> I know. I thought they are. I didn't I realize they, they were still in beta. Um, but more on the news, they're also adding a performance column that helps identify which of your creative assets are driving results in high volume ad groups. So if your ads aren't serving a lot, you won't have that information. And they are also adding ad variations with responsive ads. So you can run ad copy tests and see how the variations of your ads perform. So 
you're not using responsive search ads, give them a try now. Test it. See what works for you, but it's worth a test. And that is it for paid this week. All right. And over on non-paid, first off, Instagram from Facebook is testing a new event invites sticker for stories. So if you're looking at stories, let's say that you are maybe a brand that's got an event coming up. You can have people RSVP right from Instagram. We got a sticker. Pretty cool. Chep, what do you think about this? It's nice. Would you use it? Um, yeah, if I was like a cool fashion brand who did stuff and had a pop-up shop or something. I'm wondering like where, if you RSVP to the event as a user, does that information get saved for you somewhere? So you remember no when idea. it is? Because that's what's so <laughs> no nice idea. about Facebook. You have an event coming up. This is bad reporting by me. That's, <laughs> a, that's what I have no idea. No, I read the article too. It didn't say anything about that. <laughs> okay. Something that was reported very well was a article from Simo Ahava where he talks about a new feature in Google Analytics that will allow you to see the number of bots that are detected using reCAPTCHA. So it's combining Google Analytics and reCAPTCHA data now, and it's really advanced. So if you want to check out the full the full post over on our show notes, marketingclock.com. But setting this up, you use reCAPTCHA data, and you can find out Google Analytics is supposed to have these spam filters that filter out all the spam, but you can also see what they missed by figuring out who couldn't get past the reCAPTCHAs. That's cool. Yeah. I'm hoping this is the future and we can have less of the image CAPTCHAs where you have to pick the sidewalk or whatever. It's awful. It's so hard. There's nothing worse than the trauma when you're doing your taxes and you're on TurboTax and you're answering all the questions. This is not an ad for TurboTax. You got to get off the couch and get your driver's license. You got to look up all the stuff about yourself you didn't even know the answer to. And then it's all over and you have to identify which image has a car in it. It's crazy. It's, it can be so hard. And they're like, which one is a bus? <laughs> Oh, here's a bunch of people on the sidewalk at cafes. Who's eating a pastrami sandwich? <laughs> like, I don't know. It all looks the same. You're like, which one? Where's the fire hydrants? It's like, what is, what is going on? It's the ultimate first world problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it really is. All right. And something that is going away, whether you like it or not, Yahoo is shutting down all of the Yahoo groups on October 21st. Man, I got to get out of all my Yahoo groups. Yeah, you do. <laughs> And if you are worried about all those fantastic posts you've been doing, they're not only going to be shut down, the content's going to be removed on December 14th. This is one of the reasons why actively investing in something that you have no control over is a bad idea. Today, it's, it's Yahoo groups. Let's say you're building an entire business on Facebook groups. It could be. People are. It could be happening next. It might not be tomorrow but i'm sure yahoo didn't see any of these these thriving yahoo groups in 2007 didn't see this coming either so um just a reason to if something's working don't just rely on a third party r.i.p in peace all right and something that will help both podcasters and searchers for good quality podcast content, or even bad quality content, just searchers for podcasts in general, Apple looks to be adding the ability to search by audio for people and topics mentioned in an episode. 
and Kevin Indig saw this over on Twitter, as it looks like he has beta access to this. I think this is cool mm-hmm. so that somebody can say, oh, I'm out there, I'm on Apple Podcasts, and I'm looking for Christine Zernhelt. <laughs> and then, oh, all of a sudden, we can be super creepy and find that somebody talked about this in the podcast itself, and there you go. That's kind of creepy so when we you should talk just, about it that way. Yeah, we should just say some like famous names. Kanye like West. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Queen Liz. Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Wait. Fred Ward. I was going to say Ted Danson. <laughs> Ted Danson. Or just maybe something else like oh, the treasure map. <laughs> like, what if there's somebody out there just searching podcasts like, oh, the treasure map. The vault password. Like stuff like that. I don't know. So Apple's doing this. And if you try to search in the search bar, marketing a clock on Spotify without putting the apostrophe in it, you can't find it. <laughs> well, look, we just got to say it a lot. And marketing a clock. There we go. All right. Next up, Instagram. And th- this is the name of the article. I didn't say this. Because in- you, you would say Instagram by Facebook. Oh, of course. I would call it by its proper name. <laughs> Instagram is testing a feature to clean up your pity follows. And this comes from the next web. And of course... Jane Mancham Wong found this, but instead of having to unfollow some of your Instagram, the folks you follow on Instagram, you're going to be able to, there's a test out there showing you can group them into different segments, basically. So you can have the, oh, I definitely need to see this. Oh, I, these are all my pity, my pity section over here and group things almost like a Twitter list or something like that. So I think this is cool and it's especially cool for people that have different I guess, hobbies or things that they follow. If they're hiding likes, why can't they just hide follows so people aren't so worried about that? People are always worried about their ratio. They should hide likes, hide follows, not let people upload photos and just go there and look at a blank screen. It'd be perfect. Did you read the first line of this article? I did I'm sure you did. Okay. It says, we've all been there. You meet someone who wants to stay in touch later, but you don't want to share your number with them. So you do the next best thing, Instagram. No, you don't. I don't meet someone like, hey, you want to follow each other on Instagram? Like, who does that? Not me. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what people do these Pity days. Pity follows. So, that's so, such a mean thing to say. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to add you here. Let me just put you in the pity pantry over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And another article from the next web shows that Facebook is beginning to test a dark mode. Twitter-like interface for desktop. Why? What's the big rage with dark mode? I don't understand. Everybody thinks it's like some huge thing. I guess people care about their eyeballs. Maybe. Facebook should just go super dark and turn the whole thing off at this point. (laughs) Just get rid of it. I'm over it. If it wasn't for ads, I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. It's it's just too much. What do you think about, uh, let's call them meme guy or gal on Facebook? I have a bunch of people that... Oh, who share me. Every now and then I'll hop back and be like, hey, should I use Facebook again? And you hop in and there's just the one person that's just hammering out memes <laughs> nonstop. I don't know. Are you me- you're pro meme Depends on the memes. It's all the memes. Okay, it's all, the, all memes. the memes, no. no. Do you know what I'm talking about? The person that's the meme person? Yeah, you know. I, you know his name. I don't. <laughs> Yes, you do. No, I don't. I have a meme guy I've talked to you about at lunch. Oh, I think I know the person. Yeah. Okay. He's all, you know, if it's a good meme, share it. But you don't need to share every meme you find. 
Just because it's a meme. And that does it for this week's news. And it brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard. Or hardly working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Yep. What's been happening with your accounts lately? So we have a client who is open in the summer and closed in the winter months. And I realized this week that in Google My Business, you have to jump through some major hoops to put seasonal hours. And changes aren't instant either. No, on your Google My Business account. So you either have to say you're permanently closed and show that you're not open at all or keep your summer hours up all the time. Or you can contact your Google My Business rep, but again, you're jumping through hoops. There's a lot of seasonal businesses out there. Why can't you just do it? So I actually sparked curiosity in me. So I looked up our family hot dog stand. That is a true story. (laughs) This isn't made up. It's in our screenshot here. And it is closed um, from September through March. And it says they're open from 11-11 today. So I hope nobody wanted a hot dog. This is where I get frustrated because this is called Google My Business, not Google sort of your business. This is my business. And if you put those time changes into, they're not instant. I had the same problem with a client that was seasonal. We put the time changes in and it made it through the entire weekend before they hit the results. So if we, you have to trust us, it's Mm -hmm. our business, you know, we verified it. If we make a change, Google accept it. And they want small businesses to hop on board with this and they act like it's so easy to use and it's really not. Can you imagine a small business? The support is, it does not exist, which is a problem. Can you imagine my grandpa calling a Google rep for the hot dog stand hours? Like that's just insane. It's too much. Okay. All right. And my working hard this week, I just want to let everybody know that if you don't use mobile apps to monitor or do light changes and keep track of what's happening, you're missing out. For a long time, maybe it was 2015 or 2016, some of the apps that you had out there really stunk. And things like the Google Ads app, obviously the Facebook Ads app, uh, even Google Analytics is super helpful on mobile. And even Twitter. I was using Twitter the other day to turn a few things on and off. Um, for very basic changes and just quick monitoring, the apps that you have for the ad platforms are actually nice. It's really nice for you just to be able to check in on something, make light, light changes, download them, get everything set up for that that time where you may need to make a change quick. Mm-hmm. So that is my working hard this week. And now it's time for this week's W T H. This is a heck worthy comment that is extra egregious from the digital marketing space. And this week is from Buzzfeed. And there's an article called Instagram is banning face altering filters that have a plastic surgery effect. That's the headline, the byline. It's about time. That's it. So according to BuzzFeed, after hiding posts that promote things like diet and detox products for folks under 18, Instagram from Facebook will be banning face-altering filters if they're surgery-like effects. So the company that makes Instagram's filters, Spark AR, won't be creating any effects associated with plastic surgery as part of the well-being policies. So if you wanted to see what, there's some examples of 
where a cut would occur on a face if you're getting face surgery or if you're getting a nose job where the cut lines would be on your nose or what you'd look like with fuller cheeks or fuller lips. I don't know what The what examples do. they show are kind of insane. Like personally, I feel like they're targeting the wrong filters because these filters that they're banning are not aspirational at all. They're people with crazy big lips they're swollen. They're, they have like band-aids on their face. Like people don't get plastic surgery for the recovery time. They get it for the after effects, which is how beautiful you look with that like big eye filter right. that they haven't banned. It was like, Oh, I really wonder what it looked like with some Sharpie across my face. Yeah. Or they'll have like a Botox one that is just so much Botox. Like you can't move your face at all. It's, they're not banning the aspirational ones. They're banning the ones that I would think would make you not want to get yeah. plastic surgery. It's like, Oh, look at this person. They've got two black eyes. This is a real <laughs> legit surgery. And this is what you're going to look like if you go and you get your face cut open. Like that's the ones that they're banning. I'm with you. I feel like they just wanted to be in the BuzzFeed news for this. Honestly. I, I agree. And also, what are we coming to? <laughs> we're, we're, like, what are we coming? Like, what is the point? These f- filters make you look like you are aren't mm-hmm. in general. That's what the filters do. There's not one filter that, that you do that's like, that is a better representation of my actual camera. There's some. Really? Yeah. There, what's There's like that one good one, you know, it makes it, sense. It doesn't have any filtering on it. It just sharp. It is a, it takes your camera and no, gives it a better camera. It has filter on it, but it, it like evens out your skin tone and it like, well, they should get rid of that then hollows out your jawline that's, a little bit that if you really cared about your well being, right. you'd get rid of this thing that makes you look too perfect. Mm-hmm. You'd say, I don't care about that. Well, let's get the right mindset here. And we are not going to make you look like something that society wants you to be. If you're getting rid of one that shows how bruised up you're going to be after plastic surgery, get rid of the one that makes it look like somebody just worked on your face. That's yeah. what I don't understand. I agree. And then the other thing, too, is we're talking – last week we talked about the fact that there's AR ads now to show what happens when you put paint on your face. You're like, look, this person painted their face a certain way, and you've got this different makeup compound on, and that <laughs> is altering. That is enhancing your face. Yeah. And how about, hey, you want to go through with this plastic surgery? Before that, I'm going to show you how hard it really is, like – Get a taste of when you have two black eyes before that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This could be like a PSA thing. Right. I think it is misguided overall. Get rid of get rid of filters then. Let's just keep, keep let's get rid of yeah. everything. Get rid of the filters. No more get, dog filter. Yep, get rid of them all. I mean, imagine if somebody tried to get dog hair plastic <laughs> surgery all over their cheeks. It'd be a nightmare. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're making it worse. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we can ha- – we're all adults here, right? Or, or make well, it I guess for not people everyone. 18 or – Or then don't let them on the no, site. But still, filters are fun. I just disagree. If you're going to get rid of one, I agree with you. Get rid of the one that makes you actually look better. I think that's led to more plastic surgeries than this crazy big lips one. Like nobody's going to want to get lip injections after they see that. Right. All right. And that brings us to this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool is not an endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. This week's cool tool is Sunlight, which can be found at sunlightmetrics.com and very refreshing. It's just spelled in the normal way. For one second, I thought you were just <laughs> to stop there. Be like, Sunlight, get out of off your computers. <laughs> get outside. <laughs> it's a little late in the year for that. In Buffalo, at least. We don't have a ton of sun. 
But what I love about this is there's no crazy spelling here. It's just sunlightmetrics.com and I don't need to spell it out for you. So after adding a tracking code to your site, which you can install with GTM, super easy. This tool will track Googlebot's JavaScript renderer and give you a live view of Googlebot crawling your site. And it'll also show you how often error pages are crawled and which of your pages aren't crawled enough. It will help you find duplicate content issues, slow loading pages, error pages, and other issues on your site so you can fix the problems and improve your rankings. Unfortunately, this hasn't been released quite yet, but there is a wait list you can join from the link in our show notes and an, also an opportunity to sign up for early access. So be sure to check that out. All right. Thank you, Shep. And that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it on its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Conversion XL. And Christina Grinko made a phenomenal resource about Google BigQuery, which is basically a warehouse for your data. And the name of the article is Google BigQuery, a tutorial for marketers. And she breaks down with great detail with a lot of drawings, schematics, things like that, what we as marketers can do to analyze things better using BigQuery. So it talks about how to use BigQuery to pull into whatever your platform is, Power BI. Um, and then it does a great job of talking about why you should be using BigQuery. Um, it shows a bunch of examples. It does a great job of not making you feel dumb reading this because <laughs> yeah, because you could look at this and be like, well, I'm not going to read this one, but it's a nice, helpful tutorial that doesn't shame you along the way. Um, and then it talks about organization, um, different layouts, how to get your data into BigQuery, once you've got that done, about working with data in BigQuery, and just much, much more. It is a lengthy, lengthy article, but at the end, you'll be able to start using BigQuery, figure out what to do once you're in there, and then make dashboards, which is, which is really cool. So if you had any interest in all at, on doing more with your data, don't miss this from Conversion XL. Thank you, Christina. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com, the SEJ shirts. Remember, my pick is the vintage. I got the superhero. The superhero. The pink and purple one. It's uh, Superman-esque SEO across the chest. But if you are looking for some cool swag, trying to increase your drip that's what kids <laughs> say this day is right i don't think so. i think it is hope it's drip right no i think i'm just too hip for all you guys <laughs> if you <laughs> if you want to look rocking there are a lot of rocking themed seo shirts over at t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com get them while you can these are going to be collector's items you're going to pass them down to your kids your kids kids and your kids 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 they're so cool and if you're looking for another great podcast, be sure to check out the Search Engine Journal show. This week, Danny Goodwin interviewed Barry Schwartz, Rusty Brick, the <laughs> one and only, <laughs> on Danny's Ask an SEO Pro show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. 
part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, it's everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, where you list something out and there's only two kinds of people. Two answers, binary. Yes or no? Two kinds of people. All right. Do you want to start, Shep? Okay, I can start. What? I can't present it as a two kinds of people, though. What's your shopping cart preference? Do you like the short ones that are top and bottom stack, or do you like those long ones, like, you know, the legacy shopping carts? You mean with the step? You just one use step, legacy. Two step, three step. <laughs> Call back. You know, the shorter shopping carts that have two um, baskets, top and bottom, they're the same size. Oh, you're talking about in real life. Yes. I don't know oh. why I was thinking <laughs> online. I was like, I don't know how I like the shopping cart preference online. To make this easier, can we call the big long ones responsive shopping carts? Okay. And we call the little mini ones responsive display carts? We're not supposed to be talking about marketing, but yes. <laughs> no, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like the stacked ones. I prefer the stacked ones, but sometimes I am going and buying things for the office and a requirement is long. If I can, I will go short. If I know I'm buying a lot, I will go long. I think the short ones were just such a modern marvel for our society. I love them. You're not running into people in the aisles. The people with the big ones are always in my way. You know what ones I actually like are the shopping carts with the cars in front (laughs) that the kids ride around in? Those aren't for you. (laughs) That's great. Actually, it's a tragedy because my mom would never let me ride in them. She was so mean. I've got I'm to... kidding, mom. I love you for listening to this podcast. But why I... didn't your mom let you ride in those? Because they're a pain. they're big and I they're annoying it. to push around, it. like the long ones. Oh, I thought your mom was being courteous to other people because I had Probably. twins. I had twins. One nice thing about those carts is you can actually fit two kids in there. I was yeah, it's say nice. That. If the re- you have the regular cart, you can fit one kid in there. Most people see the car and have one kid and throw them in the car, and then you don't have the two. Are you denying that child joy because yes. they don't have a sibling? 100%. They should have no a sign joy. that says twins only. And the or worst is the grocery stores that have the kids shopping carts. Oh, I love that kids. That is so cute. Wow. Are you Doesn't serious? Like I love kids, but that's not the place to like. What cr- shopping markets or at have least this? Trader Joe's. They should at least ban them on Sundays. I want to go to Trader if it, Joe's. If the store was really crowded, you wouldn't give them to your kids. That is You'd say not today. Yeah. That they is arrest, so cute. Kids, you get the arrest here. <laughs> I want to go to that shopping market. All right. There's two kinds of people. People that either order boneless wings or people that order bone wings. Didn't we cover this last week? No, that was single or double. <sighs> Do you We're talking order about wings again? Boneless, boneless wings, wings aren't bones? cool. Uh, boneless wings. No. Boneless. Just order chicken fingers if you're going to order boneless wings. Yeah, give them to me. Give me all the fingers. Not fingers. Bone, boneless wings. Boneless wings. Give me all the boneless wings. I used to work at Pizza Hut. That was my first job in high school. The boneless wings are so good at Pizza Hut. Wow. That's my take of the week. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bone wings, please. Me too. Yeah. That's something, something's off with the bones. Use chick, just get chicken tenders. That's what they wings. are. They're it's nuggets. Like a bread they're ball. so good. No. Get okay. This is like a throwback one. <laughs> Did you use T9 or did you not? Did I use what? I knew she wasn't going to know what it is. She's a Gen Z. (laughs) 
Well, I didn't even know you don't know what T nine is. T nine. It was a when you had a flip phone, it you type the numbers and it would guess your word. You only have to press the number once. I know what that is. I didn't know there was a specific name for it. I used it. I did not. (laughs) I typed it. I had to press it three times to get the letter. That's what that is, right? I used it, but it was frustrating. I feel like you had to go back many times and correct things. But it was less frustrating than pressing everybody. Absolutely, 100%. A lot of people didn't use T9. Team T9. It wasn't my cup of tea. Okay, here's my last one, a controversial one. There's two kinds of people, and I'm going to set the table here. Let's say there's an event that some people know about, but it hasn't been made public yet. So let's say that it's Jess and... She is pregnant because that just happened. Aw. Congrats, any- Jess. <laughs> okay, but Jess tells people ahead of time about the impending baby and then announces it to the public on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. The announcement's made, and, and now everybody can comment. There's two kinds of people. People that comment, congratulations, and people that say, now that the cat is out of the bag and we can talk about it, congratulations. And they have to mention the fact that they knew it before this other people. So oh, that is it's not so, that specific. That's not cool. No, I've, I don't see that a lot, but no, I'm the first type. I actually comment really weird things when people announce they're pregnant. I'll just be like, great work. Or, great work. Great <laughs> work. What? Let's say yes, somebody just got a caps. different job and they announced it publicly and it goes up on LinkedIn, and somebody's like, so glad we can talk about this now, or something like that. Yeah, those are people just bragging because they yes, have the information. The I think those They're are the same kinds you know? of people who, when somebody takes a group picture and they comment on the picture, I'm such a good photographer because they had to let everybody know. Oh, it's different yeah. picture. One is, That's is the same let, thing. It, it is the same thing. But one, it, it's letting people know that they already knew this. They're commenting, and then they make it a point. Watch next time you, you see that. They're there, it's a very split decision. I am not one of those people. I always comment, congrats, all caps, bunch of hearts, bunch of smiley faces. So you're not one of those people. Feel the love. I don't think I've ever been the person who I know something before they announce it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're the kind of person that's just out of the know. I'm out of the know. Out of the know. 99% of the time. All right, and we will see you next week.